This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. Between his stats and now apparently everything you've learned about the race cars from your office up top here, looking out the window, as you seem to tell us about now, and uh, we might have future crew chief engineer combinations sitting right here. We could work on that. What do you think? Uh, I'm like the wor- I'd probably be the worst engineer of all time. I can tell you the day that you two become crew chief engineer is the day I will retire from racing. You're now tuned in to Junior Motorsports Upfront. Now here's your host, Regan Smith and Heath White. So, Regan, third week of fatherhood. I know we touched on this every week since. For those of you that watched the pre-race show uh, for the Xfinity race, we had some drivers giving Regan um, some fatherly advice. And it became pretty interesting. There was there was a lot of advice on there. And, and I'm, I'm glad we have them wrote down here because a couple of them, I was riding in the back of the truck at the time, and it was a little difficult to hear on, on what they had me set up on. So I was trying to kind of lip read it and figure it out as, mm-hmm. it, as it went on the fly. And uh, the, the ones that I heard were great advice. Unfortunately, th- it was like a week too late on some of them. <laughs> and, you know, you know me, I had already opened mouth, inserted foot, and done my normal deal. So, uh, first of many, yes. Yeah, let's see, let's see what we had here. Clint Boyer said to listen closely and be aware of when a number two is about to happen and be prepared for it. Well, I wonder what he means by prepared. Well, I think prepared means, I don't know. Get out of the way? Yes. <laughs> We talked about uh, projectile stuff last week. Well, I did happen to put a tweet out last <laughs> week that that apparently everybody thought I had an alien baby. Um, Kelly actually, it wasn't a tweet. It was in the show. Yeah, Kelly Earnhardt thought Mike that. Davis Mike picked Davis picked up on that. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess the proper word would have been that a a baby can poop further than a adult mm-hmm. can pee. That <laughs> should have been how I worded it. Instead, I decided to say human, implying that a baby was not a human. Well... <laughs> Their heads are a little oblong shape when they come out originally, but True. that's a whole other story. So, um, so yeah, and and the number twos, you can hear and feel. If you happen to be ho- holding a baby, you know. You know. You know when number twos happen. There's there's no denying it, and it always happens right after you put a clean diaper on. Megan told me. I don't <laughs> I don't actually change the diapers, so she <laughs> told me. You know, he admits it, first name. He admits it. Why, you got yeah. a baby first name? No, I don't. I have oh. a niece and a nephew, so that's like halfway to it, maybe. I don't know. I don't really do much work with them. I that's not even halfway to it. I just it. get to do the fun stuff. First name is well, responsible. Fu- hold on, hold on. The fun stuff was actually making the baby. <laughs> I mean, let's be real here. <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't yeah. get to do that. Before, but, like, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, let's see. I get to get, get to no, Next, you, you know what? You've dug it too deep. First name, okay. let it go. Next week on Loveline, <laughs> we address the other parts of Dave's first name's uh, relationship gonna, status. Just, I'm just going to cut my mic down. Yeah, yeah, just let it go. Moving wow. on. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, don't brag about how much sleep you got at the track. Act like it was tough and go home exhausted and tired. That one I could have used uh, about a week before Atlanta. I will say this. You are looking pretty tired today. I, well, that's because of the West Coast swing and the and the 4 a.m. flights and everything that come with it. has nothing to do with the baby, fortunately. But, uh, yeah, I could have used that advice. I came back from Atlanta, and I was, uh, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Yeah, this whole fatherhood thing's great. And Megan just wore slap out. And, you know, that was the first week it was all new to her, and everything was was uh, was just getting adjusted and stuff. So, yeah, I could have used that one sooner. Harvick, the, Harvick said the new parent joy will wear off, but try to enjoy every moment. Hasn't wore off yet, so you know I'll I'll enjoy every moment after that wears off. But it's it's still there, and, and the excitement's still there, and you know he gets better every day so far. And Jeff Gordon said, through all the sleepless nights and sacrifices, it's all worth it. I feel like that's the one you want to remember. That is, that is the one that I feel like already I I understand, and and I'm sure it's only going to get better. But it just seems like every day is cooler and cooler with the baby. So that's uh, 
you know that's that's a lot of good advice there and uh you know we'll we'll have to I'll have to cut these out and paste them somewhere so I remember them just in, just in case I have those moments where I need to and uh you know as I said it's been fun and and we promised folks we'll quit talking about it at some point but some point. Uh, I'm still pretty excited and pretty proud so we'll we'll give it another week before we do that maybe I like it <laughs> So, so anyways, this West Coast swing obviously has you tired, but the West Coast swing last week involved Las Vegas. So let's talk about that a little bit. You, ha- you guys, in the Xfinity race, we'll talk about the Xfinity race first. Um, you started seventh. You finished third. It was your first top five of the year. Um, it was a good race for you. It was a very good race, yeah. And, and the the actual how we ran wasn't even an indicative of how good the car really was. Uh, we didn't really get up solidly into the top five until almost the end of the race. I'd say the last probably 75 laps. And That's when it matters, though. That is when it matters. They, they they only pay points on one lap of the race, and that is the last lap. So that's the only one that it really even matters, period. But, uh, you know, the car was, was good from the start. We had uh, we had the original start where we got hammed up in some traffic. Somebody missed a shift or something happened ahead of us, and I think we lost 10 spots there. Gained those back almost immediately. And, and had a little mishap on um, pit road and had some lugs fall off or something like that that we had to make sure got on there so we didn't get a penalty. And the crew guys did a good job of making sure that that, that didn't happen and that they uh, that we left pits the pits the way that we needed to. And that dropped us back to, to 15th or so, and, and we were able to come right back up through to 7th again and just kept chipping away at it. I think there was a green flag cycle in the middle of that, and, uh, you know, our car stayed good. A lot of guys handled and went away, and, and Jason made some really good adjustments and, and – you know, it uh, he's he's doing a heck of a job on the pit box so far, and and you know all that excitement I had prior to the season started. It doesn't matter how excited you are before the season starts, because then you have to go out and make it all happen right. and make it all work, and it's all got to function the way that you envision it in your head. And uh, and right now it is. So uh, you know we're fortunate to to get the track position back. And uh, end of the race, the car was good, just a little too tight to to run with the 33 car, and then the 22 came with those sticker tires and. Made it really exciting. I, th- I was trying to hold off Denny for third. Yeah. And at the same time, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you know, these guys might wreck each other, and they almost did. They did. They very easily could have, and uh, and uh, we would have been in, in the catbird seat on that. Um, you know, I felt confident if our car ever got out front, it would have stayed out there. But just a little too difficult to get up there and pass him to, to get it out front. So we're uh, we were pleased with that. And anybody that, that follows the seven car, which I'm sure there's a few people that listen to us that do. We hope um, so. We hope, yeah. <laughs> if not, I don't know. Why you lit? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but anybody that follows the car knows that the mile and a half, really for the past two seasons, you know, I, I came here and we fired off at a mile and a half and won right away, and we thought, oh man, we're going to mm-hmm. be great on the mile and a half, and and have really had to work hard since then. And in particular, last year they were a weak spot for this team, and we lost more points at those races, I think, than almost anywhere. And uh, you know, to to have speed, have comfort in the car, and, and drivability right out of the box uh, at the first two mile and a half races of the year. That's uh, that's going to be a big thing as the year progresses on, and and it uh, you know definitely a confidence booster for me, and for all the guys. So uh, certainly, yeah, look forward to. I don't even know when the next mile and a half is. We don't get to go to one this. Now I'm disappointed we're not well, going to a mile and a half. Well, we have California in two weeks. That's two miles. Then we go to is it Texas after that? Texas. I think it's going to be Texas. Texas, it is. Because you go a like, two week break and then you, you yeah, go to Texas. Texas, Bristol. I mean, Bristol's not one, but yeah. Fir- first name is our unofficial statistician. We we have determined that he's he's on top of these stats. That was here. my job before I came here. So, but what I mean, it. the most important thing about the mile and a half program too is the fact that it makes up. It's such a big part of the schedule that it, you you've got to be able to perform there if you want to be in championship contention. By it, it is, and in particular, the the last ten races. I think like seven of the last ten maybe are, are mile and a half racetracks. Don't quote me on that, but uh, I'm sure first name will have that looked up before I have the opportunity to 
you know, even say differently. Yeah, so. just so everyone knows, he's the only one in the studio with a computer, so he has access to all, all this information. Which probably the only one that really needs to have a computer anyways. I know I don't really need to have one. You wouldn't do good things with a computer. No. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I, I, wanna, I don't get along with them. <laughs> I want to jump back to what you're talking about as far as that last run on the Xfinity race. Because in your mirror, did you were you aware that 22 was coming as hard as he was coming? Because he was on fresh tires. Well, I didn't. I figured he had pitted, obviously, because he almost wrecked, and, and I, he was pretty I loose was, for the better part of that race. I had a good, I had a good visual of that wreck too at With the end 18? when he got really loose, yeah. and all I could see, and, and Kevin Hamlin was spotting for me this week, and when when Junior runs, Hamlin spots for me since TJ takes care of Junior stuff, and and he does a great job. Well, we've talked after the race, and and uh, he said, man, I was having visions of Daytona when that car was loose outside of you there and getting ready to come down the racetrack, and I said, yeah, you were, me too. And uh, I was I was hoping it didn't have the same result. Unfortunately, it the, did not. You know, he corrected and took it the other direction. But uh, they do say eight tires are better than four. Yeah, yeah. For somebody, they're better. <laughs> but somebody usually they're not yeah, better. For Eric Jones, be, for Eric Jones, it was not. Yeah, <laughs> not at all. So, uh, and, and it was a heck of a save by the twenty-two just to, to save what he did and to not wreck a bunch of cars and half the field right there. I looked up in my mirror, fully expecting to see nothing but carnage back there, and there's only one car spinning. And I'm like. How'd that happen? This should have been like a 10-car pileup right here. So those guys both did a good job of minimizing what happened in that wreck. So anyways, back to the 22. You saw him coming. You assumed he was on fresh tires. In, th in that situation, how much of that – you're coming towards the end of the race. How much of that is – how much of a fight do you want to put up in that situation when he's coming that hard? Well, when I first saw him coming, him and the 54 were battling pretty hard, and they were side-drafting each other and, and doing, the, doing the dance there. And uh, I knew we had probably about 10 or 15 car lengths back to the 54 when he got clear of them. And I looked up, and he was there almost immediately. So because he got there so quick, I knew his car was obviously better than us at that point. The tires were worth something. Um, you know. And, and that was probably the best tire package that, that we've had at Vegas in a long time. So it really helped out the race and helped us be able to move the cars around, make different lines work. But at the point where, I, where you see that, you gotta you got to think, okay, am I going to be able to hold him off for this, I think it was nine laps at, the, at that time when he caught me? Or is it only going to – cause me to lose fourth right, spot by right. trying to do that and you kind of make a calculated decision and say you know what it's only going to cost me fourth spot if i'm not going to be careful here um so you don't put up as much of a fight i, I put up a fight for about two corners mm -hmm. on the outside and, and realized that we were going to lose ground and and the 54 was going to be right there and, and didn't want that to happen and my car was already getting tight at that point so um chose to chose to fall back in line and hey you, you pick know, and choose your battles you do have to it's a long year and you do have to you pick know, and choose them occasionally he does it he does it on the racetrack and he does it at home <laughs> yeah I, I, hey man you have <laughs> a baby good he, for you right he, now as we've talked about with you coming off the road you're gonna learn this very soon that when you have a baby there's no battles it's you know it the, the newness it, of the it baby goes away? well it doesn't go away i mean uh, you know that's <laughs> in in your yeah, house the truth here yeah in your house from what you've told me since you don't wear the pants anyways i guess it's uh it's a whole other situation. But. Thanks for bringing that up again, Regan. No problem. All right. <laughs> so you also, in addition to the Xfinity race last weekend, you uh, were in the cup race again, the 41 car. Um, it was a good day for you again. Another good day. You had a, pro a top 10 run going, um, and then you had a pit road speeding penalty. So talk a little bit about your day in the 41 car. Yeah, I had a extremely fast car um, everywhere. It was fast on the racetrack. It was fast on pit road. It was fast in the pits. Obviously, it was too fast on too, pit road because yeah. <laughs> I decided to get a speeding penalty with it. So. Oops. You know, I was the night before. I was actually talking to Gene Haas and, and bragging about how, man, I'm I'm conservative on this stuff. I don't. I would rather let them make a mistake and not make the mistake myself, and let everybody else beat themselves, and you know, take the the risks when you can and when you need to. And yeah, I guess I jinxed myself. I shouldn't have. I yep, shouldn't have said nothing you spoke about too it. Soon. I definitely spoke too soon. 
um, you know, I got got onto the pit onto the flat section of pit road and was getting up to the cone and and went for the brake pedal and I didn't uh, didn't have my brakes adjusted properly and and I wheel hopped. And when you wheel hop, it takes your tack, which is what we use to to see how fast we're going and, and measure our speed. And it makes that needle bounce and it makes the lights that we actually have that that can give us a precise reading. It makes them bounce. So as the lights were bouncing, I didn't know what speed I was going. And once I got that calmed down, I was going too fast. Well. I didn't know until then, and, you know, I, was, I, I thought for a minute about saying, no, there's no way I was speeding and doing that whole deal on the radio and, and having a big blow-up, but I was just like, no, I was speeding. Yeah, I knew I was. At least you can the admit whole, it. Well, here's the worst. You want to talk about the emptiest feeling as a driver, so you know you've sped, right? You, you, you hit pit road, you're like, oh, crap, I just sped, and this ain't going to be good. You're going to get, get a penalty. Yep. You're going to get busted. Go through the pit stop, come back onto the racetrack, make it all the way around to the start-finish line go past the start finish line i'm like yes they didn't catch me i'm i'm good i'm golden no sooner do i get into turn one and uh old man tony gibson uh they call him old man comes on the radio and that's your crew and, chief uh, that's the crew chief on the 41 car yeah and uh they come on the radio and say all right we got to do a pass through damn it you know it's like <laughs> so close I thought, well why why can't they just tell me as soon as i come off pit road don't give me that brief moment of thinking that yeah i'm good yeah. i saved it i corrected it the little glimmer no. of hope yeah Gone. they got it they got to wait and they got to let you start feeling good again and then they just got to really give you a swift kick right in the you know what you so. know what maybe it's like a, a parental advice it's one of those things you let your kid do do wrong and then you let them think that all is right with the world and then all of a sudden you bring it crashing down just like nascar did to you your parents were cruel <laughs> Yeah, I mean, is that is that what they would do to you? No, they, they parents. I think want to let you think that you can get away with certain things to really teach you a lesson. Just when you think you've gotten away with it and everything's good, and then they're like, "Hey, guess what? You're busted." Yeah, you say a dirty word, and they're like, "Oh, here, have a popsicle," and you're like, "Oh, cool, I get a popsicle. I said yep. a dirty word, and it's made with soap or something like that. <laughs> One of that. those tricks." Yeah. See, you're talking about my parents. Your parents are feeding <laughs> you soap. What is this? The fifties? Man, I was listen. I was an angel. I didn't get any soap popsicles. It's flashback like to story. yeah. It's like Christmas story. <laughs> flashback yeah. to Christmas story. What was it? Uh, what was his soap of of choice that? Was it palm? Palm is red. That's also I remember from the yeah. movie. It's red. I mean, some of these new soaps, the way they smell, they can't taste that bad, can they? Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so uh, I was I was going to bring up something interesting. Well, we were talking about the race and, and how good the car was on Sunday, too. Yeah. And, and it was. It, it was. Uh, oh, the transition. Was, talk about the tra- – I'm sorry to interrupt you. The transition to pit road, you talked about how that um, trying to get your tack reading down mm-hmm. prior to wheel hopping – um, we saw Dale Jr. struggle getting on pit road, too. So talk about those transitions and actually what that does to the car if you don't hit that transition perfectly right. Well, they upset the braking. You know, we we have the balance and, and the bias set on the brakes to where it sucks the car down into the racetrack. When you hit the brake pedal, it actually pulls it down evenly. And, and we'll adjust front to rear brake based on if we're hitting the brakes hard to come on pit road, we want more front brake so the car doesn't get loose. And then when you do come off of the banking, that's when you're on the banking that you want that to happen. When you come off of the banking, you almost have to release the brake pedal for a second because if you don't, it totally changes which tire is gripping and which tire isn't. And and it might make the car go straight or it might make the car go sideways. Typically for me at Vegas, because it's such an abrupt transition, it makes the car go a little bit sideways. Um, and, and that's why you want the front brake built into it. But uh, we we didn't have, with the, with my car, we didn't have trouble getting down to the transition. And, and I was, as I said, I was very conservative with my pit road speed and what I was doing. It was just that last 10 feet where, mm-hmm. I, where I got to the cone and I checked my speed to make sure I was good. And when I checked my speed, I didn't have the brakes set the right way and, and it hopped. So, um, but it is a difficult transition. There's a couple other tracks we go to this year that, you know, we'll talk about them when we get to them. The, the one that sticks out in my head that's the most difficult we go to is Dover. And you see every time we go there, somebody misses pit road. 
and and it's not something to be overlooked. And you know, Xfinity Series, we don't get a ton of green flag pit stops, but it can make or break your day, and you can make a lot of time, or you can lose a lap very easily by making the mistake, as as I did on Sunday with the Cup race. So uh, I it was it was disappointing, you know, from that standpoint. It was a fast car, and easily in my eyes, you know, top seven, top eight car somewhere around there, and and. Starting where we started, yeah, yeah. Oh shucks, I, I see what you're doing over there. Um, but but starting where we started, that was you know that was a lot to be said about that. And and uh, you know if we if we run Phoenix, then uh, then we'll try and make make it happen there and get a good run. So you talked about adjusting your brake bias in the car. Um, we wanted to touch a little bit on the adjustable track bar that you guys have. That's new this year to the Cup cars. Mm-hmm. Um, you're able to adjust the track bar from inside the car. So maybe explain to everyone number one what the track bar is and what it does and how you can use the adjustability inside the cockpit to your advantage. Cockpit, is that the right word? Say the airplane? Uh, listen, Heath, right now this is your show. You're just <laughs> guiding this whole hey, guiding I'm this to, ship, man. I'm trying to keep us on point this week. This is my goal. No, you're doing a good job. I still don't know if it's called a cockpit, but I don't know what to call it either. The inside what do you call it? What do you call it? I think I call it the cockpit. All right, we're good. Okay, move, cockpit, yeah. move on. Back to the track bar adjuster. I think I think that's what I call it. I don't, I don't know that I've ever really thought about Here's that. Here's the thing. If I make a mistake, Regan's going to be the first to call me out, and he didn't. So. And even if I don't call you out, I'll remember it next week, and I'll call you out then. Okay. One way or another. Yeah, one way or the other. We have a yeah. big plan for next week. We do? Well, my life, and then now this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, first they made a joke. So now, <laughs> so you're telling us we got a two-minute show next week. <laughs> Why is my life that bad? No, I don't know. Oh, oh, I, I don't, don't know, know anything about your life. <laughs> uh, let's just move on and talk about the cockpit. Okay. <laughs> you don't want to know. That's the thing. <laughs> no, I, I would like to know. First name's new to the company. We try to get to know everybody here. Well, yeah. we already know. Maybe we can do it in like a video monologue for the whole shop to watch. Maybe a 360. Oh. I think... This week's 360 is going to be TIFF-centric, so maybe mine will be next week. Keep keep hoping. Yeah. You know you made it big when you're on 360. No, it just means you got pranked. That's or, all that yeah. means. <laughs> or you're the only one left in the office. Yeah, it means that you ate a cupcake that had nothing but, like, you know, hot sauce in it or something. Yes. Uh, well, every time I come down here, I see the Tyler prank one with Harvick, <laughs> and it's, like, always on the screen down here. Poor Tyler. He was a wreck that day. He was. All right, so. Anyway. Back on topic here back now. Back to topic. Since we're good at getting yeah. off topic. Uh, the track bar adjuster. Yeah, the track bar, um, that's We're, new to the cup cars this year. Yes. We do not have that in the Xfinity cars, so let's let's be clear, clear about that. That is not something we get to work with on Saturdays. But in the cup cars, um, what the track bar is, it's, the, it's in the back of the car. It connects the rear end to the car, um, essentially the truck arm slash rear end of the race car to the to the chassis itself. And we use that, and it, it changes how the how the car drives. It can loosen or tighten the car mm-hmm. up by you know, adjusting what what way the car is getting into the corners and things like that, um, to put it simple, because I don't know all the sophisticated terms. If we had one of the engineers here, they could give you all the good terms. He's just the driver, ladies and gentlemen. That uh, Hey, man, you know, that's we go in, we drive in circles for four hours, and we start at the same place that we stop. I mean, who, who drives for four hours and doesn't go anywhere? When you think logically, it doesn't make a whole lot I of know, sense. I know, right? Yeah. You know, it's the, I've always thought that. I'm like, why do we stop and start in the same spot? But... Um, so this year they've got the ability in the cars to adjust those. Well, what's that mean? You think, oh, that's no big deal. Okay, whatever. It's a huge deal, and it's huge because now the drivers, if they restart and they say, man, my car is wrecking loose, they don't have to wait 40 laps until they can get in and get an adjustment on it. They don't have to change what line they're running. They can change the car. And and the track bar is one of the first tools that we always go to to tune the race car during the race. We've got track bar air pressure and wedge those are our main three adjustments and track bar is more of a is that would you consider that a fine tune or would the wedge be more of a fine tune is track bar more of a broad well, adjustment they're both they're both 
they touch different areas of the corners. Because in my know? experience, and most of the adjustments that get made um, are usually track bar. There's a lot of track bar. For, for loose end, which is what you fight a lot of times in these cars, in, in any of these cars, a lot of times you go to the track bar first. Now, with that said, some weekends the track bar might be good for one area and bad for another area, so you don't want to touch it. And, and we find that out in practice. We know in practice which areas, whether it's the track bar, the wedge, what they all do. And uh, and with the cup cars having the ability to tune on that this year, they can uh, they can actually set the cars up differently and say, okay, we want to start the runoff way freer than what we thought because the driver can run that track bar down, and as the run goes on, he can move it up to start you know changing the handle of the car to free it back up and get it to where through the whole run the times are more consistent and more of a straight line instead of maybe starting off fast and and losing a second or maybe starting off you know three tenths of a second off and finishing half a second off. Now we can we can adjust that line as to as to how the car runs throughout the course of a run. So it's it's been a big deal. Uh, I think guys are still learning it. You know they're still figuring out what they want to do with it. I know for me, I forget that I have it. The cup races I've run, I, I forget. This weekend was the first weekend I actually would remember I had it, and I played with it quite a bit. Up until this point, they they'd ask me, did you adjust the track bar? Oh, I forgot it was on here. Dang it! Yeah, I'll I'll do it right now. Where's yours at in the car? Uh, so because I've been told they're in different places for different. Yeah, drivers. everybody puts them where they want them. I, I actually have mine right on the steering wheel, so I know exactly where it is and which way it does which on the button. Um, I've seen some guys that have them on the dashboard. I'm sure you know every, everybody's got their own opinion on where they want it. I want it where I can get it without even taking my hands off the wheel, though. Makes sense. So, in other words, when you're complaining to the crew chief about the car's handling, and he's going to be like, "Hey, shut up and adjust it yourself." <laughs> it yeah. So so here's what it actually did. Was now the crew chief can tell the driver, well, fix it. Yeah, you know, it's in we, your hands, man. Yeah, it's in your hands. <laughs> fix it. So now we don't have somebody we can bitch about on Monday morning as much. We can't say, oh, you messed up. You didn't do this right or didn't do that right. Yeah, so they're just putting more responsibility on us. We don't like responsibility. Race car drivers are the most irresponsible people in the world, and they're trying to give us responsibility. Yeah, you get to drive well over the speed limit for a living. That's recklessness. I'm a little jealous, I'll be honest. I can see it in your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's that reckless, though. Well, the only time I go 200 miles an hour is on an airplane. Uh, actually, you're going yeah. more than 200. Well, I don't want to break it to you. Thank you, no. Regan, for pointing that out. If you're going 200 on an airplane to California this week, I'll see you Monday. Yeah. Or oh. Phoenix, not California. Phoenix. Wherever we're going. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm going to California, <laughs> you'll see me Monday, too, because we won't be racing there until the next week. So, so. in other news, Regan has an aeronautics and, uh, degree, if you didn't know. Well, I, now, nautical miles and all that stuff, you got to factor all that in as well. Okay, good to know. I have no clue. Good to know. I did see one of the uh, one of the junior motorsports airplane mechanics out here today. We could have brought him in. Talk we don't have it? a guest. We, yeah, we didn't have we a guest lined a up guest. this week. Well, we, it's not that we struggled. We had some really good ideas mm -hmm. and, and some guys that we really wanted to get on here, one of which was Josh Berry, and we'll have him on in the upcoming weeks. He's our late model driver. Late model driver, great kid, They opened hard the weekend at the Hickory last weekend. And it, that's correct. They started this weekend, and... He wins everything he sits in. I mean, he wins basically every time he runs a late model. We're talking about a win for him. And unfortunately, this weekend, and, and I haven't got all the details, but I heard he got wrecked twice during the race. He did He did qualify on the pole, I believe. Qualified on the pole, got wrecked twice in the race, on purpose it sounded like, from what I've heard, <laughs> and still came back to finish fifth. So yeah. we didn't, in all fairness to Josh, we didn't think, well, why would we bring him on the show this week, even though it was the kickoff of the late model season, to talk about fifth when he wins every week. So we're going to wait till he wins and bring yes. him on then. And we so that might be next week for that matter. So we're going to say we got a long list of, of potential uh, guests upstairs on my bulletin board. Um, we're just picking and choosing when the best time is for them. Right. So don't worry. It's not going to be just Regan and I every week in first name. Sorry. Or, it might, or it might just be that they shot us down and they yeah. want to do the They're show. They're like, yeah, yeah, we're not going to be on that show. We heard Dave <laughs> Ellens last week. <laughs> but anyway, so we're, we're, we're heading to Phoenix this weekend. 
Um, so we're going back out to the desert. Heading so, heading to the desert this week. Heading to the desert. So you've got uh, you're actually in the Exalta Chromax car this week in the Xfinity race. Um, and they are also, Exalta is a partner of ours since 2008, um, and they provide our paint and everything for our, our vehicles. So uh, they're actually sponsoring the race. It's the Exalta Faster, Tougher, Brighter 200. So, Regan, what are your expectations this weekend, and what do you hope to accomplish other than win? Because I know that's a very simple question. What do you want to do this weekend? I want to win. Well, I think the biggest goal is going to be to beat Kevin Harvick this weekend. And I feel like if you beat Kevin Harvick, there's a good chance you're going to win. That's a so tall order. That is a tall order, especially at Phoenix. You know, we, we've got a few places we go where you know Kevin is going to be ridiculously fast, and, and Phoenix is one of them. Um, and, you know, I think as a team, our goal is going to be to finish ahead of him. And if we finish ahead of him, I feel confident we're going to win. So He is your teammate this weekend. He's back in the 88TaxLayer.com car. He is, and, uh, you know, excited excited for TaxLayer, excited for Exalta. Um, very neat paint scheme. I hope it shows up on, on the TV the way that it looks in the shop because it looks – absolutely gorgeous in the shop it's got a sparkle paint on it that, uh-huh. uh, that just pops really good and, and i think in the bright sun at phoenix it's going to pop so, and it is uh, going to be sunny last time we were out there i believe it rained it rained us well 168 of 200 so we were a bit that's short right it did it rained in the desert it and did. our race got cut short i Rainy forgot the, all about that rain, it does rain in the desert folks <laughs> only when nascar's there yeah, that's true they were coming off like a drought of like a, a long a long drought and all of a sudden we show up and and it starts raining glad we could help yeah. that, that was nice of us there we're good yeah. at that yeah, so it, Phoenix is one of those places that had had some success since I've been here at, and uh, enjoy the racetrack. It's uh, it, it's challenging from a standpoint of the corners are completely different. You got turns one and two, or turn one if you want to call it just turn one, which has got the banking to it. You you enter the corner really low, but you're on the throttle early and driving up to the wall. The dog leg when they reintroduced the dog leg, I think they envisioned that maybe it would change how we got through that section of the racetrack. It's still wide open. And, uh, you know, you really you got to be cautious of where the other cars are around you. If they go down onto the yeah. apron, that they don't come back up into you and, and, and we've clip seen that, you. We've seen that happen in years past. I think so. every time we go there, something happens, Some, and, and somebody makes a mistake coming back from the apron up onto the racetrack. So we watch out for that all day long. But then that sails you off into turn into turn three um, or two, whatever whatever you want to call it, two, three, four. I don't know. They're, it's a weird track, as I said, So which is flat. Almost feels like there's no banking at all. I know the the numbers. I think say maybe 12 degrees of banking, which is um, essentially nothing when you're in a race car. In the car, it feels like zero banking on that part of the racetrack, and and it's flat. You're working really hard to get the car turned. You're always loose into turn three there, and and working hard to get it turned through the middle and, and get the power down to get off the corner. So um, we have in years past been shifting some in different areas at Phoenix. I would anticipate the same thing. Did you shift this last year? Time? Well, we can't tell you all the secrets. Either. Oh, yeah. We don't want to give is, out reading This is secrets. why you, you're in the PR department, <laughs> and we keep you upstairs. You can look out your window and see the race right. cars, but we try to keep your distance there. Hey, I might keep an eye on it this weekend, see if you shift him. I can tell you that we uh, we do have uh, in-car footage that probably would prove that a lot of cars shift there. So it's, uh, you know, it, it works for some guys. It doesn't for other guys. And, and how you do it, there's you know there's different techniques to doing it at a track like that to making it work better or worse for you. So um, always play around with it. Always see if you can you know find any speed with it. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. It just depends on the driver. So, Regan, we know you said last year coming out of Phoenix, you said it's really – and I have a quote here from you, from your race report. Oh, man, this is going to be fun. I, it says you can't is win. This, is this one where I was mad when I gave it to you, or is this one where I was happy? I think you were somewhere in between. Let's you see were, if it was it was it was post race at Phoenix. Yes, you were being very realistic. We, I was on my way to Vegas, so I was probably pretty happy yes. at that point. Yeah. Regan says, and I quote: "You can't win the championship in the first five races of the year, but with our point system, you surely can lose it." Now you had some misfortune at Daytona. 
Yeah. Both you and Chase did. Um, so you kind of got yourselves in a little bit of a hole. You've been climbing the past two weeks, climbing out of it, but it's real difficult. Talk a little bit about how difficult it is to get yourself out once you kind of get in that hole um, based on the Daytona misfortune. It's just no matter – you're clicking off top fives and top tens, but it's still, it still just takes a lot of time to get that back. It, it does. It takes a lot of time. And, and, you know, with the point structure the way that it is right now and, and one point being one position – and in the Xfinity series, there's there's less cars, so now you all of a sudden you only have 40 points max a week that you can actually gain or lose, uh, or it's a little more than that. I think it's 45 counting the bonus points or something like that. But uh, so now that creates a little bit tighter of a margin. But then you take and and you occasionally have some guys that don't have as good a fortune during some of the races, and and you might only have 30 positions that you can gain or lose per race. Whereas the Cup races seem like less guys fall out, less guys have issues during the races. And you still have those 40 guys out there at the end of the race. So now now you're within a 30-point swing. So the guy that you're chasing has to have a huge mistake in order to make up a big chunk of points. Otherwise, you can finish top five after one bad finish like we had. Um, you can finish top five for 10 straight weeks and just barely get back to the points lead or get back the points that you lost. And, you know, you think, wow, is that really possible? Absolutely. And, and especially if they occasionally have a week that they're better than you or, or whatever. Um, if there's if they're not making mistakes, then uh, then it, it takes a while to chip out of and, and dig out of a hole. So, uh, you know, you see that with the nine car as well as the seven car having to try and dig our way out of that little bit of hole that we built at Daytona. Well, we didn't build it; other people helped us get there. Yeah, you had, you had some help doing that. <laughs> yeah, we we definitely had a lot of help doing that. You but, don't get uh, upside down on your roof by yourself. Yeah, that was, <laughs> you know, and we didn't even get to talk talk about that after it happened. We didn't. Mm -mm. It's, you know, it's not every day you go upside down in a stock car. And you had never, uh, you had never done that before. I no, I hadn't, and uh, I, I don't want to do it again either. Yeah, it, but but you did say it was less painful than hitting a wall. It was, it was, and and the biggest thing is, is when you go upside down, you you lose reference as to where you're at. It's really difficult to understand where you're at on the racetrack, and. You know, my only fear was I knew the, the catch fence was over there somewhere. Mm -hmm. And basically, when you know you're going that direction, you just kind of tuck and, and hope you don't get over that far. And, and fortunately, the car didn't get over that far. And um, when it was all said and done, you know, and, and I made this comment uh, early on after the wreck. I said, man, it wasn't nearly as bad as, as even backing it into the into the wall or something like that. It just had a different feel to it. You know, it's it, the car's absorbing a lot of the energy as it's tumbling. And, and that's you're never taking that one big, huge hit. Other than when I decided to pop a wheelie and slam the nose back down, that was pretty big. But uh, yeah, that was. Outside of that, apparently I was on the gas pedal stair layer. I don't, I don't think I was. I think it just kind of looked like I was because at that point I had hands off the wheel and holding on yeah. like I was in a roller coaster. But uh, well, yeah. you, you know what? That's something you can take off your bucket list if you had a bucket list, an NASCAR bucket list, maybe. That wouldn't have been on my bucket list. Yeah. You know, all the great ones have flipped at Daytona. Dale Earnhardt's flipped at Daytona. Dale Jr.'s flipped at Daytona. Uh, the first name. Give me some other good people. Uh, I'll first name with his status. <laughs> You're letting us down. First name. Sorry, so far, so far, you have named guys that are far above me in their greatness so well, you know what? <laughs> you're, you're you're kind of bringing those guys down when you try and group me into that group you're right but, i got a uh, little bit ahead of myself Regan. you did we don't I want know. you to we don't want your head getting any bigger than your tongue is. was running 100 miles an hour and your face was only running like two it they was, say in radio you're never supposed to think twice if you have to think twice about it don't say it really well we should we need to put notes in the studio <laughs> when we're doing this show we could use this right i got now. sticky notes upstairs we'll bring them down we'll slap them all over the wall perfect perfect yeah that, well next week on dirty mo radio we will Tell you what our sticky notes say. But, Regan, thanks. Regan, you know, his info is always very insightful. We give you a hard time, but you give us a very interesting perspective, and I'm sure the fans appreciate hearing it. Um, and, you know, First Name and I, we're learning a lot. Well, that's good. It, between his stats and now apparently 
everything you've learned about the race cars from your office up top here looking out the window as you seem to tell us about now and uh we might have future crew chief engineer combination sitting right here we could work on that what do you think uh, i'm like the wor i'd probably be the worst engineer of all time i can tell you the day that you two become crew chief engineer is the day i will retire from racing regan i don't think you'd want to really hear me on the radio i don't think you would this radio or that radio? Either. Either or. You don't want to hear me now. Say, I, was, <laughs> I didn't want to go there, but uh, I, I can, ho you know. hopefully somebody that's listening to this wants to hear you. Well. I want to hear you, Heath. I don't think my mom listens to this. She's probably the only one. Really? <laughs> she does not no, listen to this? I, yeah, I don't. The family doesn't know anything about our radio program. Way to go. I'm sorry. Junior Motorsports up front yeah. on Dirty Mo Radio. They don't know anything about that now. Just claiming ownership of this whole thing, aren't you? Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> but anyways, um... Thanks for joining us, everybody. We're going to wrap this up because we've already gone a little too long, I think. Regan, is there anything else you want to discuss? Looking forward to this weekend and uh, next week. We will uh, we don't know who's going to be on the show, but we're looking forward to them. All right, so make sure you all watch the Xfinity Race this weekend. It's on 4 o'clock Eastern time on Fox. That's the Exalta Faster, Tougher, Brighter 200. Regan will be there in the number 7 Exalta Chromax car. Uh, Chase Elliott's back in the number 9 Napa car. And then Happy Harvick will be in the number 88 TaxLayer.com car. And that wraps up this week's episode of Junior Motorsports Upfront. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio. 